Chapter Three of the Autobiography of an Electron by Charles R. Gibson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: The New Arrival. The Scribe's Note on Chapter Three. It will be well to keep clearly in mind that an electron is a real particle of negative electricity. Electrons have been discovered only within recent years. No matter from what substances we take them, they are always identical in every respect. Some electrons are attached to the atoms of matter in such a way that they may be removed easily from one object to another. When a surplus of these detachable electrons is crowded onto any object, we say that it is charged with negative electricity. We speak of the other object, which has lost these same electrons, as being charged with positive electricity. In this chapter, the electron refers to the old-world experiment in which a piece of amber, when rubbed, attracts any light object to it. For many ages man believed this to be a special property belonging to amber alone. One of Queen Elizabeth's physicians discovered that this property was common to all substances. End of Scribe's Note It is most amusing to me and my fellow electrons to hear intelligent people speak of us as though we were new arrivals on this planet. Dear me, we were here for countless ages before man put in an appearance. I wonder if any man can realize that we have been on the move ever since the foundations of this world were laid. It is man himself who is the new arrival. It does seem strange to us that men should be so distinctly different from one another. We electrons are at a decided disadvantage, for we are all identical in every respect. I have no individual name. It would serve no purpose. Even if you could see me, you could not distinguish me from any other electron. I wonder sometimes if men appreciate the great advantage they have in possessing individual names. I was impressed with this thought one fine summer morning. While I was riding on the back of a particle of gas in the atmosphere, I was carried through an open window of a nursery, just as the under-nurse was putting the room in order. A little later, and there was some commotion in the nursery, for the young mother and her mother had come to see the twin daughters being bathed by the nurses. The grandmother happened to remark how very much alike the two little infants were. She said laughingly to the head nurse that she must be careful not to get the children mixed. But the big brother, aged five years, remarked that it would not matter really how much they were mixed until they got their names. Sometimes I wish we electrons did differ from one another, so that we might each possess an individual name, but no doubt it is necessary for us all to be exactly alike. Long before man had discovered us, he caused us deliberately to do certain things. He was mystified by the results of his experiments, for he was not aware of our presence. A few of my fellow electrons have rather hazy collections of being disturbed while clinging to a piece of amber. They have been disturbed often before, in a similar way, by being rubbed against a piece of woolen cloth, and the result had been always that a number of electrons let go their hold upon the cloth and crowded onto the amber. The overcrowding was uncomfortable, but it happened usually that the surplus electrons found some means of escape to the earth, where there is no need of excessive crowding. On the occasion to which I refer, it so happened that the rubbing had been unusually vigorous and prolonged, 
so that the electrons were crowded onto the amber in great numbers. In their endeavor to escape, they produced a strain or stress in the surrounding ether, and this caused a small piece of straw, which was lying within the disturbed area, to be forced towards the amber. What attracted the attention of the electrons was that the man who was holding the piece of amber removed the clinging straw and replaced it exactly where it had been lying. In the meantime, he had been handling the amber, and many of the crowded electrons had managed to make a bolt for the earth by way of the man's body. They did this so very quietly that the man did not feel any sensation. However, as soon as the amber was rubbed again, a similar crowd provided the same attractive property. We electrons became impatient to hear what the man would say of our work, for it was apparent that he had noticed the movements of the straw. You will hardly believe me when I tell you to what decision these wise men of the East came. They declared that in rubbing the amber it had received heat and life, as if life could be originated in any such simple manner. You can picture our disappointment when we found that man was going to ignore our presence. Occasionally we were given opportunities of displaying our abilities in drawing light objects towards pieces of rubbed amber. But the funny thing was, that man got hold of the stupid idea that this attractive property belonged to the amber instead of to us. If he had only tried pieces of sulfur, resin, or glass, he would have found that these substances would have acted just as well. You see, it was not really the substance, but we electrons who were the active agents. We had given up all hope of being discovered, when news came along that a learned man was on the hunt for us. He was crowding us on all sorts of substances. He rubbed a piece of glass with some silk, and at first he was surprised greatly to see light objects jump towards the excited glass. Of course, we were not surprised in the very least. The only thing that amused us was to find that he was making out a list of the different substances which showed attractive properties when rubbed. He could not, evidently, get away from the idea that it was the substances themselves that became attractive. We were sorry that the poor experimenter wasted so much time and energy in trying to crowd us onto a piece of metal rod. He rubbed, and he rubbed that metal, but it would attract nothing, and I shall tell you the reason. You know that we electrons hate overcrowding. Indeed, we always separate from one another as far as possible when there is no force pulling us together. We only crowded onto the amber because we could not help ourselves. We had no way of escape, for amber is a substance we cannot pass through. But we have no difficulty whatever in making our way along a piece of metal, and as soon as the rubbing began, some electrons moved off the metal by way of the man's arm and body to make room for those being crowded onto the metal from the rubber. And so there never was any overcrowding, and consequently no straining of the ether. But it was not long before we found that man had succeeded in cutting off our way of escape. He had attached a glass handle to the metal rod, and we were compelled to overcrowd upon the metal, as we could not pass through the glass handle. Neighboring light objects were attracted by the excited, or electrified, metal. Even this demonstration did not put man upon our track. Perhaps I should explain in passing that when a glass rod is rubbed with a silk handkerchief, we crowd onto the silk and not onto the glass. 
This leaves the glass rod short of electrons, and the ether is strained so that light objects are attracted. Man did notice that there was some difference between a piece of amber and a piece of glass when these were excited. What the difference was he could not imagine, but to distinguish the two different conditions, he said that the amber was charged with negative electricity, and the glass with positive electricity. From that time forward, man became of special interest to us. We felt sure that sooner or later he was bound to recognize that we were at work behind the scenes. It seemed to us, however, that man was desperately slow in turning his attention towards us, and we tried to waken him up in a rather alarming fashion, as I shall relate in the succeeding chapter. End of chapter 3